Welcome to the Further North Podcast, your weekly dose of the North Melbourne Footy Club. My name is Josh, and this is a fan-run podcast doing match previews, reviews, and everything north. Let's get it started. Welcome back, Further North Podcast. We're on the cooldown right now. Uh, we just played the top team. We played the Pies. What were we expecting from that game? Did we do all right? I don't know. Lots to talk about. Um, conflicting feelings on some things for me. And without much thought or in-depth analysis, I'm going to try and talk about it. I'm going to try and break down my own thoughts uh, for you guys here without really knowing what I'm talking about. So we go down by 35 points to the Pies at our home ground, but it's not our home game. Steel Sidebottom's 300th, Mason Cox's 100th, and uh, Jaden Stevenson's 100th game. Yeah, interesting. Um, uh, off the bat, I guess. Sucks that Steel Sidebottom didn't get to play his 300th, I guess. I mean, look, I don't really care, but... You know, if I was a Pies fan, I think it would suck. And if I was him, I'd be like, oh, that was probably the biggest game, most important game I'll play, um, personally, except for Grand Final. Um, and that sucks. But anyway, who cares? Yeah, 105 to 70, we go down at Marvel Stadium. An interesting game that f- uh, was flowing in different directions. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not unhappy. But, I, but it feels weird. But we'll start with the team lineups. Um, they got announced, the, the the extended squad got announced, but then a couple of days later, we got the full squad, and um, in came Lazaro and Zerha. Out goes Shields, Paul Curtis, and Blake Drury. The Paul Curtis thing, let's talk about that for a second. Why was Paul Curtis dropped? He was good against the Swans. And even if he doesn't come out of the game with 15, 20 touches... Every time he was around the ball against the Swans, he tackled and he made something happen. I would love an explanation on that. I have absolutely no idea. And he had kicked one of the goals of the year. So, very strange for me. Um, Charlie Lazaro came in. I know he's been in good VFL form. I think we've spoken about this before. He's just a guy that's not quite AFL quality. He's an incredibly good VFL player and that's, you know, more success I'll ever have in sport in my entire life. But, um, yeah, I think Lazaro might be on his last legs. Um, Zerhar in, he's a walk-up starter. A couple of interesting talking points on Zerhar, which I'll discuss what my brain was going through through the game, but we'll get into that in a second. Um, Liam Shields out with concussion. Obviously, yeah, by AFL standards, we should have kept him out there when he was concussed last week and not made that extra interchange, so... Good concussion protocol by them. And uh, Blake Drury, yeah, he was really struggling the last couple of weeks. Um, his debut against the Saints was decent, but, uh, yeah, he was a non-factor in against the Swans and, and the power. So other than that, I don't know. No Aiden Core coming back into the team, which I think is good. Um, no Cunnington, but it, it seems to be okay. And I don't like saying that, but I don't – I think Hugh Greenwood and Wardlaw have, you know, stepped up enough and, and Will Phillips, which we'll talk about, um, have stepped up enough to not be missing Cunners too much. 
but I don't I don't feel good saying that. Um, yeah, that's about all for the team, guys. Not really anyone else. Obviously, Taron Thomas was a talking point. Um, yeah, he, I'm sure he'll come back in soon, and it's going to cause a lot of headlines. But you know, I think it's a good decision not to keep him, uh, to bring him back in the team just yet, just for the media swirl. Um, I guess other questionable people staying in the team. Daniel Howe is fine. He was decent last week, and I thought he had a decent game today. I just don't think he's here long-term, and I'd, ma- I'd maybe rather play someone else. But I think the last couple of weeks he's performed okay. Still prone to clangers, but, you know, not only clangers now, which is good. And Phoenix Spicer, I think we all have a place for Phoenix in our hearts. And um, he tried his guts out against the Swans. Uh, it would have been easier to play with 17 people, well, basically playing with 17 people with him on the on the field against the Pies. So he did get subbed out in the game, and then Paul Curtis came on. Obviously, Paul Curtis should have been playing from the start. And I think I think Spicer could come on as a sub and make an impact, but he's just got to go a bit harder at the footy, doesn't he? But anyway, so that was the team. Um, I didn't feel bad about it. I didn't feel bad at all. I think there's not really many other people to bring back in at this stage with all the injuries that we've got. But, um, hey, look, it is what it is. Um, I didn't really think we'd be winning this game. If you guys listen to the preview podcast, yeah, I wasn't super confident we'd be winning, but I think that's okay where we're at at the moment. And the Pies are the best team in the league by a country mile. So, which is interesting actually, because at the barbershop all week, um, I'm talking to heaps of Pies fans because they're everywhere. And they're all just like, oh, I don't know if we're the best team in the league. And every other AFL fan is like, that is the most deluded thing an AFL fan has ever said. But they're the best team in the league by far. All I wanted to see this week really was, you know, a similar performance to what we did against the Swans last week, which I think as a fan base, we were all incredibly happy with. So, yeah, I think uh, that's all I was really after. And to keep the score respectable. In my head... Yeah, around the 30 to 40 point mark against the best team in the comp. Yeah, I think that was a pretty realistic outcome or a pretty realistic expectation anyway. So look, we'll get into some positives and negatives. We've done the team lineup. Um, And I was, yeah, I watched the whole game. I was laying on the couch and I was so conflicted. I was so conflicted. Actually, let's talk about Zerha really quickly. I do have him written down here, but... Cam Zerha, first game back, always want Cam in the team, and we love we love Bull. Um, we're going to talk about his apparent new nickname very soon as well, which I'm not on board with. But Zerha, he he can win a game off his own boot, but I feel like sometimes he can lose one as well. And I maybe don't mean that as literally as it sounds, but you know he was the reason that we even kept in the game at some points sort of breaking away on that like left forward flank area and hitting someone in the center, hitting Larky on the chest a couple of times. But then there's other times, like his first shot at goal, where he's sort of running in that forward pocket area and tries this outside of the foot check side kick when he could have maybe squared it back as well. And I feel like sometimes he needs to be a little bit better at making a decision of, do I go solo here or do I try and square it? There was a point in the game, I think, you know, definitely in the first quarter, maybe first quarter and a half, 
where I was, I wrote down a note questioning if Zerha is hurting the team or is he good for the team? And he's good for the team. And at the end of the game, I have no issue with Cam Zerha. But the reason that went through my mind was those little selfish acts where I don't know if we can afford, you know, him to try and blaze away and not try and hit a target and go on his own. But that's also what we love about him. And, you know, we've seen him have massive games where he wins games off his own boot. So, you know, we, we need a player, we need a dynamic X-factor player like Zerhar in there. But with him, you've got the good's got to come with the bad and there's much more good. Um, and I don't want to change the way he plays. The guy's an absolute bull, as we know, around the ball. Um, he always puts his head over it. But there's little lapses. Um, there was a time where in the game where, you know, Zerha and Wardlaw were both around the pack. And Wardlaw runs past Zerha to go and try and make a tackle. And I think sometimes his brain just checks out a little bit. And I'm starting to think it's almost like a little North Melbourne brain thing. I think there's a lot of the guys who have been on this team from like, 2017, 18 onwards, and they're just kind of so used to like losing and, you know, having coaches that aren't good um, to make them switch off. And I think hopefully, I think that's what's honestly going to separate who stays and who goes from this team in the next few years. Because you can see guys like Eddie Ford come in and they're just on it from the first bounce and they don't seem to have these lapses around a contest. But some of these guys who have been around for six, seven years you know, and we're only just starting to build back up now. And I don't blame them for this, but little lapses or little brain fades um, sort of creep in. But look, we won't worry about that too much right now. We're going to get into the positives. But that's just my thoughts on Zerha. Do you guys agree with that? Like, message me and let me know. Because I, yeah, we've got to take the good and the bad with Zerha. There's much more good. He wins games of his own boot. But there are times when he does hurt the team a little bit. I also think, though, that unless he tries the highlights, we're never going to get any fun at the footy, right? You don't want it just to be all fundamentals all the time. Sometimes, you know, last week if Paul Curtis shrugs one, shrugs two, you know, there's some guy open 30 metres out directly in front and he goes to kick and puts it out in the full, we're all angry at him. But because he put it through, it's the greatest thing we've ever seen. So, you know, you need to go for the highlight to get the highlight and they don't always come off. Anyway, so we're going to some of the positives. Um, And the first quarter, you know, we got beaten very comprehensively in the first quarter. But I did write that I can see that our game plan is slowly coming together. (laughs) We're winning plenty of clearances. And we're starting to link up. We're starting to look. We're starting to take a little bit more time. We're not just blazing away like we did before. Um, You know, we do run out of time and run out of support sometimes. And that's another point I'll touch on in the negatives. But, you know, how much different is it the last, like, two, even against the Saints? I know it was a gross game, but it was, was, we weren't just blazing away. And that's the thing that I've been so angry about and frustrated about for literally every podcast is that, we just send that ball as long as possible. But especially the last two weeks, we haven't done that. And look what Larky can do. So, yeah, I think our game plan is slowly coming together. We are a little bit suspect, obviously, with our skill errors and especially when we turn it over in the midfield. 
the ball going straight back over our heads to an open player, which only happened twice from memory last week and once from memory this week. So next week, not happening at all. But I'm noticing how much better the link-up is as well. Like we're winning the ball and we're handballing. We're keeping our feet more. We're, we're transitioning the ball around. We're going one, two, three, four handballs to give us some space. There's people running past. It is slowly coming together. We can see that. And I'm happy with that. That's all we want to see. So that's a fantastic positive. I think that's the best dot point I've got here, to be honest. And the next one was transitioning the ball well through the middle, um, which is all part of the game plan too. I think we moved the ball through the center pretty quickly. If it was going through the middle or going down the wings, I think we transitioned the ball from defense to attack pretty well. The one bit we did get stuck on is getting it out of defense to transition. But once we get it past that 50-meter line, you know, and are moving it forward, I think we get it into our forward line very quickly. You know, it's hard for us to get it out of the back line. And as much as we love Jack Zebel, he did make some horrendous turnovers today, but you've got to take that. But once we do get it past that, like, 70 metres out from the opposition goal point, I think we're very good at transitioning the ball through the middle, through the wing, and getting it forward. And, you know, I think we've done that okay, you know, sort of all season, but it's that transitioning it into attack and hitting a player. Wasn't fantastic today. Look, we, we hit Larky a lot of times, with, and, and Jane Stevenson created his own shots. Uh, but look, it's improving. When we have time, we aren't just blazing away. And this is another point with our game plan coming together. Will Phillips, which we will talk about him a bit more, he was fantastic last week and this week at winning the ball from a clearance, using his hands cleanly, getting it to a guy like Jai Simpkin, who can create his own space. Then he can hit an Eddie Ford or a Bailey Scott or a Wardlaw or someone in the middle to be able to transition that ball forwards. And I think we've done that pretty well the last couple of weeks. Hugh Greenwood was another massive one today. So we'll get on to him in a second. Uh, we had spurts. The polish will come in time. And I think, you know, young team, we are lacking polish. There were so many times where we'll win the ball in a contest, you know, and we'll run out of players or we'll kick the ball and just turn it over. And it's how quickly did Collingwood transition the ball from our turnovers? It was deadly, just devastatingly quick. Um, but we're getting those opportunities to then feed it out, to then move the ball forward. So that's the positive I'm really taking from our game plan at the moment. Um, I thought we did really well in the clearances. Um, the clearances were pretty even for the game, but I think we, when we win clearances, we win them fairly comprehensively. Um, but I think our midfield's looking very, very good. Um, you know... Powell, I thought, had a decent game today. Will Phillips was great. Wardlaw looks like a weapon. You know, we've got this group of guys that are slowly gelling and you can see it. And it's great to see that happening without Ben Cunnington there. Not that I want to see it without Ben Cunnington there, but without that experienced veteran, you know, guys have stood up. Simpkin has stood up. Phillips has stood up. Wardlaw's come in and made an impact. So that's awesome to see. Um, another point which was one of my main ones last week, which I love to see, and this needs to be every week, the young guys didn't leave it up to the vets. We weren't relying on Goldie and Zebel to bail us out all the time and do something with the ball. You know, Bailey Scott and Will Phillips and, and those guys like that were doing it. They're the ones having the energy around the ball. They're the ones who are 
doing the grunt work now and they're, they look like they're playing the game plan. And it's taken a couple of months, a few months, but I can see it slowly coming on. So that's fantastic. We're going to talk about a couple of individuals now. And it's interesting for a game that, you know, we were fairly, we're either playing decent footy and staying with them or getting belted, obviously. But I got more positive players than negative players this week, which is great. Just what we want to talk about. So the first one's George Wardlaw. Um, not as maybe impactful of a game um, and, and didn't star by any means, but um, every time he's around the ball, I, I don't think I've ever seen a player come in straight away and just be so dynamic. That guy is just class. He's, he's quick. He's strong. He keeps his feet in a contest. He'll hit people too. What a great kick he is. I wish he kicked – he was closer with his shot at goal this game. That'll come. But, man, Wardlaw is, is class. He is quality. And he's going to be a fantastic AFL player. Didn't maybe get the numbers on the stat sheet, but every time he was around that ball, he made an impact. And every possession he had, he did something with it. That consistency or, you know, being able to be around the footy more and staying in a game, 100% of the game will come with experience, but I'm, I'm so on the Wardlaw train right now, it's not even funny. Eddie Ford, who I found out last week, his nickname is Elvis. I'm not sure why. If anyone knows why, please tell me. But he has, he has really taken his place and grabbed it and just ran with it, hasn't he? And I've got another note down the bottom here about Eddie Ford, and it says... Eddie Ford has taken Curtis Taylor's place perfectly. Because I feel like Curtis Taylor, this is what we wanted from him. But Eddie Ford has come in and just absolutely ran away with it. So, well done, Eddie Ford. Um, you know, maybe not a quite as, impact, once again, impactful a game, but when he was around the footy, he did something. And it's interesting seeing him push up on the wing as well, and that looks like a really good role for him. So, good shot at goal. Tough in the contest, doesn't seem to back down, can take a mark. I'm liking what I'm seeing from Eddie Ford. I think he's taken another step this year. It's only a couple of games, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing things and I'm seeing a, a young core of people, football players, do it together. And I think we're really building something. The talent pool here is shallow. And after the next few years getting some free agents and draft picks, it'll be a lot deeper. And we're going to have a squad soon. But I like what I'm seeing. Will Phillips, Will the Thrill, was that his best game or was last week his best game? Doesn't matter because there's two great games in a row. Someone told me his career high was 19 before this. That's terrifying. He has been very underwhelming in his AFL career so far. And I know that's harsh to say and I understand last year was a complete write-off for him. But a number three draft pick not having more than 20 touches in a game to this point until today... That's wild. And I did half write him off in my head when he got dropped about a month ago because I hadn't seen it. I hadn't seen him do anything. I, I asked Marnie what, his, what he brings to this team and she said his disposal efficiency, which now does seem to be true. And, of course, we know Marnie is you know, the guru when it comes to North Melbourne and just AFL stats in general. But uh, he's played brilliantly. He, they, they, 
oh, I don't want to say things. Nah, screw it. It's my podcast. It's it's Selwood esque. I see him as that sort of play. He's not the quickest, but he's he's gonna get in. He's got clean disposal, and I just see him holding down a place in the midfield for a long time. He's not going to be an A grader. I don't think he'll be an A grader like a a Davies Uniac, like a Wardlaw. But he he's going to be a key key piece if he can keep having games like that. Maybe it's just because he wore a headband. <laughs> and his head got cut over last week. I don't know. Hugh Greenwood. Hugh Greenwood. Once again, talking about Marnie. She called it. She called it, ladies and gentlemen. Everyone message Marnie and say, you are the greatest North Melbourne football analysis of all time. I think she needs a job on the recruitment department. Watch out, Brady Rawlings. She's coming for you. Marnie spots talent, all right? Should we get Jasper Pittard back? Look, it doesn't feel good, but her insight's correct, right? Hugh Greenwood was unbelievable. I think he got 10 clearances and 10 tackles. He was in everything. And he's doing exactly what we wanted from Cunnington this year. Hugh Greenwood is undroppable at the moment. I don't really have much more to say. I wish the, wish we had him when he was 24. I wish he wasn't 31. Um, but 31 isn't old now. And this is another thing I've talked about to a lot of people with all sports. Maybe in the 90s, 30 means you're, 30 means you're declining. But these days, that's not it at all. People can play till they're 35 and still be very good. So Hugh Greenwood still could have a few years left at this club. And the way he's playing, he absolutely deserves it. What an absolute beast he was in the middle. Maybe first half more than the second, but I thought Jai Simkin had another fantastic game. He's just really crucial to us getting clearances. And I think his disposal and kicking efficiency has been a lot better this year. Look, I don't have the exact numbers, but just from the old eye test, I don't see him butchering the ball maybe as much as last time. But he's so crucial to, you know, Phillips or Greenwood getting a clearance and passing it to Jai who will step someone and create space which gives our team time to settle and kick with our eyes lowered to a target or make a handball to space to then get more time instead of just blazing away. I think he's the biggest reason why we don't just blaze away anymore because he he gives – this is a captain's performance. He gives our team stability and he gives our team time to make a good decision. So I thought Jai was, was really, really good today. Slightly faded off in the second half. Still very good. Um, but yeah, brilliant from Jai. I love what he's done the last few weeks after he sort of got called out by the media a little bit against Port Adelaide. And that's why that's why he's captaining this club. Nick Larkey. Nick Larkey. As you all know, I've got a bet with my co-worker. And I know I've, t- I've said, I say this every week and I'm going to always say it every week to give you guys the updates because I want you on board with this too. And if you don't know, the bet with my co-worker is Nick Larkey will kick more goals this year than Oscar Allen. And if sports bet's listening to this, what a fantastic bet that is because it's so close. The Hawks, um, not the Hawks, what's that other awful team? West Coast, that's who he plays for. West Coast are awful. And I was like, West Coast kicked about five goals for the game and I looked at their box score and Oscar Allen had kicked four of them and I was just like, ugh. (laughs) <laughs> he's just keeping on kicking goals and it frustrates me. So I was nervous going into this game for Nick Larkey because, you know, as all the commentators did say for the entire game, Darcy Moore is 
the best AFL player that we've ever seen in the history of the league. Not that I believe that, but geez, they gush over him, don't they? Larky pops up and kicks five, and he could have kicked seven. It's what Larky does, isn't it? And it's like he'll have, he'll have eight touches and kick five. I love Nick Larky. Best set shot at goal in the league. I think, you know, he missed a fairly easy one um, with that snap, which is very disappointing. And at that point, I was like, he's kicking none, and uh, Oscar Allen's going to run away with this bet. But no, Larky was brilliant. He's leading well. Zerha hit him a few times. He took a decent, like, semi-contested mark. He was leading, but the guy was right on him. And he's really starting to clunk those ones now. Yeah, Larky's hitting form. I think he's fourth in the Coleman too. 30 goals for the year so far. Brilliant job by Nick Larky. I think he's slowly becoming one of the best forwards in the league. Griffin Logue is another one I want to talk about. The guy froths an intercept mark. And when he jumps, he hovers in the air. Air Griffin? Griffin Air? Is that what we're calling him now? Jeez, that's not going to catch on. But I don't know. When that guy jumps, he hangs and he clunks. We'll talk about Ben Mackay in the negative section, and I'm sure you all know what we're going to go down with that path. But Logue was so solid today, and we needed that. Because if he wasn't intercepting and defending like he was, he was following his players. He always brought the ball to ground. I don't think he got outmarked today. Yeah, fantastic from Griffin Logue. Absolutely worth that 500k a year contract that Kane Corns apparently says isn't worth it. You were right about the Aiden Core thing, Kane, but nearly everything else you've ever said is atrociously bad, just like your return to footy last week. Jaden Stevenson, the milestone man. He's just got that bit of class, doesn't he? And, I'll, and he took a good contested mark. He finishes pretty cleanly. I like what he's doing this year. He's been one of our better players and good on Steve-O. Um, you know, I don't, it wasn't outstanding. He did what he had to do. And I think that's important every week for him. So I just wanted to shout out to him. And, uh, and Bailey Scott, another great performance to back up last week. Maybe not quite as, as high as last week, but um, he's clean with the ball. He runs, he transitions, meters gained is fantastic by him. And I'll, and I'll keep saying it. When all, when all you guys wanted him dropped, me and Admin 2 at his back. No, not all of you, I know, I know. But you know what I mean. Great job from Bailey Scott. He's so important to our team. So important. And we had a solid last quarter. I think that's another positive as well. I think we kicked 6-1 in the last quarter. And look, the Pies probably took their foot off the gas a bit, but it doesn't matter. Um, fantastic job to sort of stick with it. And we do fight. This team does fight. Not against Port or the Ds or the Lions, but... You know, that's not going to happen every week. But we've seen so many times this year where we have a decent last quarter and we sort of come back. We did it against the Blues. We did it against the Hawks. We did it against the Pies today. There's fight in this team. And I think the youth is bringing that. Players like Wardlaw and Sheasel, I think they're really bringing that. Um, and that's, yeah, that's all the positives, really. I'm sure there's some more, but I'm pr- overall I'm pretty happy with the performance. 35 points to the clear premiership favourites. You know playing our game plan and sort of having it be executed pretty well. Yeah, I, I'm happy. All I wanted to see was a, a backup performance to that Swans performance last week, and I think we got that. Didn't feel as good, but the team we played was a lot better than Sydney. So, yeah. Let's get into some negatives. Um, we, our, our accuracy at goal is atrocious. Not in the last quarter, not in the second half of the game, but 
we kicked nine, two goals, two goals nine or something like that. We just can't seem to kick. We would have been in that game so, so much if we could kick straight. Is it a Mackay thing? I don't know. That's mean, but hey, whatever. Um, <laughs> having to listen to the pies uh, <laughs> gushing all game. What I mean by that, I had to turn the commentary off after the first quarter. Jeez, the media loves this Pies team, don't they? And I get it. The Pies are the biggest team in the land. Old faithful. They love them all. But my God, if I have to hear anything else about Darcy Moore and Dugowie and all this sort of stuff, I'll vomit. I'll vomit. Um, I did get rid of this point because I hate talking about it, but I think the umpiring was pretty poor, especially at the start of the game. Collingwood got so many cheap frees that they weren't giving us and once again, might be a biased opinion. I watched the whole game. I saw it with my eyes. You know, Coleman Jones getting pushed out of contests. Charlie Lazaro tackles someone. The ball spills out, no holding the ball. And he goes to get it with his head over the ball, gets pinned for holding the ball. You know, the Pies are just the, the, the favourite child right now. And things are going to go their way. Just like in the basketball with LeBron James. And, you know, it's, it's LBJ. He's an unreal player and he gets those superstar calls. And I think the pies are definitely getting those. Um, but you sort of earn that right a little bit. Doesn't mean it's fair, but hey, that's just my opinion. Um, yeah, I, I did write down here that our defense is still pushing high, um, but only one time did we turn it over in the midfield. It goes straight over Mackay's head to a guy in like 15 meters of space. Um, look, it's not good we're doing that, but, I don't know. I guess it is the game plan. Um, and it only happened once, unlike a month ago where it happened 20 times and we lose by a billion points. So I did put that as a negative, but it didn't really happen again. I think I was emotional. Um, our skill errors do still let us down a lot. Um, and I think that's just an experience thing. The amount of times when we're, we're around a contest and just clean hands or slightly better decision, ma decision making would get us out of these spots. Um, yeah, I think they do let us down still, but that comes with time. Um, slow ball movement sometimes. I think, you know, we'll get the ball and there'll be like a little handball on to go or someone looping around and we'll stop and hold it up. But once again, I think that's just experience. You know, the Pies always had someone free in the middle to like switch it back inside to or it, it felt like they knew someone was standing near the boundary line so they could kick it over their head and there'd be a free guy there. They just get guys in space and, and guys know where they need to be to receive the ball. And we don't quite have that yet. But once again, experience. Um, a few players that I thought were bad. Charlie Lazaro. I just don't think he's AFL quality. Um, he competed hard and his endeavour was there. But there's other players. Cooper Harvey's, Jackson Archer's, Taron Thomas's, you know. That should be, like, how is he playing over Paul Curtis? I've got no idea. So, you know, maybe as a sub and maybe keep him in the VFL and if we are decimated by injury, he plays. But, yeah, Lazaro's not making it at the level, unfortunately. As much as, you know, I would love him to succeed and he seems like the nicest bloke. But, once again, this is my football opinion from not playing professional AFL and sitting in my bedroom. Uh, Phoenix Spicer, man, that was, that was a shocker of a performance from him. 
yeah, it, it's back to the twos for, for Phoenix, unfortunately. Um, two possessions the whole game, one kick, one handball. Can't tackle, you know, he's zippy when he gets the ball, but poor disposal, doesn't kick goals. Yeah, I don't know. He's not really bringing anything to the team. We need a player like him so bad, but, you know, we can't keep him in the team after that sort of performance. Now, this is going to show you how objective I am. And if you've ever doubted my unbiasedness, here you go. Callum Coleman-Jones. A very uh, nothing performance from him. Mason Cox showed him how to play football. Mason Cox was fine on the day. But uh, he, Mason Cox was out marking CCJ. He wasn't – he was in the – CCJ creates a contest and he'll always, you know, most of the time bring it to ground. And it, he should absolutely not be dropped because we need him. Him presenting up on that half-back wing area and then getting down in the forward line to help Larky, he – he's absolutely not being dropped, okay? I'm not – I'm not saying that. But he just had a had a nothing game today. He didn't make an impact and – um. I think he's doing okay in the ruck to back up Goldie, and that's why another reason why he's important. So we do we obviously need to keep him in the team. But yeah, I just think after last week's brilliant performance from him, a quiet one. But look, they've got good tolls, and once again, Collingwood are the best team in the game. So um, not droppable. Keep him in the team. I think he's basically gets the rest of the season to show what he can do. I, I love him, and I want him to do really, really well. He's that old school big that I love, but. Yeah, a little bit of a nothing game. Now, here's the big talking point. Ben Mackay. Now, I did post in anger, Ben Mackay's head looks out the door already. And I don't disagree with that. Now, do how much do you read into body language? It's such an easy comparison to say that Ben Mackay is already checked out. Do I really believe that? I don't want to believe it and I don't think it's true. I think he's a professional, but he was awful today. And if you're not signing a contract and you're leaving it up in the air and you come out and have performances like that, the fans are absolutely within their right to question your mentality and your care for the club and your, your willingness to put in the effort. That man is two metres tall and probably weighs 100 kilos. And he's getting bumped out of contests by a guy who's half his size, getting outmarked. That was, that was awful from Ben Mackay. Absolutely awful. He was the worst player on the ground. Ah, Phoenix Spicer was. He was the second worst player on the ground. Do I want Aiden Core back in the team? No. No. But Ben Mackay needs to have a massive game next week. He needs to come out and he needs to show us that he cares and he needs to show us that even if he is leaving, his head is going to be here to the rest of the season. An awful week for the Mackays. <laughs> An absolutely awful week for the Mackays. Interesting to listen to their podcast after that. Vibes will be down. Another point I'll make, maybe not on Mackay in particular, but just our team situation. We're going to get number two pick in the draft. I don't think we'll finish below West Coast. Or maybe three. Maybe we beat a few teams in the back end. It's going to be a, a, a high pick. That's all I mean. There's a massive part of me that goes, I think it's much more important to draft a key position player 
than it is to draft Harley Reid. Our midfield is our strongest point. And if we get number one, do we get Harley Reid? Yes, we do. Look, he's generational, apparently. And uh, I don't think you pass on that because we can be made to look like idiots. But that is not the most important position we need in our team. We need another key defender so bad, so bad, even if Mackay stays. Because Core's not up to it. And if Mackay's going to have weeks like that, Callan Dawson clearly isn't getting a shot. And I don't think he's a good one-on-one defender. I think he's like a, you know, I think he's a Miller Bergman type in a bigger body, to be honest. Shout out to Miller Bergman. He was very good as well. 100% disposal efficiency, was he? Again? Jeez, he's good. He's going under the radar. Anyway, this is a negative segment. But this draft is apparently riddled with key position talent, and we need to be hitting that up now. Our midfield is good, and if we miss out on Harley Reid and sign a key position player, if that's a forward or a back, a back is more important, I'll be happy. Anyway, I'll just take a breath. <sighs> Rant over. A couple more points. Um, we always run out of players around a contest. I did touch on that before. Just experience, but we need more numbers around the ball and to run in transition together like the Pies did. And that was a fantastic example of that. So hopefully the team has learned from that and can watch some footage. And the last point, arguably, is even worse than Ben Mackay's game. Since when, since when did Cam Zerha's name, nickname, change from bull to zoo? I don't know what Triple M Fox footy conspiracy, you know, or propaganda, subliminal messaging they're trying to push on us, some Evernet Viage type stuff for those who know. Why is, he, why is Luke Darcy calling him Zoo all the time? I've seen this pop up so much in the last week, and that's it. I've never heard a North Melbourne fan call him Zoo. Where did that come from? His nickname's Bull. It's not Zoo's cooking, it's Bull's cooking. Clearly Luke Darcy doesn't follow Bull's cooking, which is a travesty on Luke Darcy's end. I don't like it. He's Bull, he'll always be Bull, and I'm not calling him Zoo. Unless he wants to be called Zoo and then whatever. I don't care. But I don't know. It's, it's, it's without his consent right now, guys, and that's not cool. That's not cool. So that's the positives and negatives, guys. And now Sean Atley Club Champ votes. Very interesting this week. It was tough. It was tough. There's other guys that I really wanted to put on this list, but Hugh Greenwood gets the three votes this week. I think he was, yeah, I think he was our most important player. He was in that midfield for so much of the game. 10 clearances, 10 tackles, I'm pretty sure it was. Three votes. Nick Larkey kicking five against the greatest player ever to play in the history of the league in AFL, Darcy Moore. Um, five goals against a good defense. Nick Larkey, two votes. Now, the last vote was hard, and I tossed up between Bailey Scott, Will Phillips, and Jai Simkin. Griffin Logue deserves a shout there too because it's not just about possessions, but I've given it to Bailey Scott. It was hard. It was Scott and Phillips were the two I was coming down to. I just think Scott had a bigger impact on the game. Just. Phillips was great, and I'm not taking anything away from his performance, but Bailey Scott gets the one vote for me this week. It's almost because he's all, you know he's sort of proving a, bit, a few doubters wrong for me, and he backed up his game last week, just like Will Phil did, but look... The one vote can only go to somebody. So 
I've given it, uh, I've given the one vote to Bailey Scott. So Larky is slowly closing in on the She's. Larky's on 10 votes for the Sean Alley Club champ now. She's is on 14. LDU's on seven. Uh, he's, he's third in the uh, club champ votes and he's missed half the games of the season. So if that's not telling you something, I know what it is. Then you got Steve-O on five and Bailey Scott's on five now as well. So it's slowly getting a bit closer, but that sort of shows how the season's trending. Our team, you know, together is sort of coming in, coming together. So, yeah, I'll post the updated votes through the week, guys. You always know I will. So we'll go to some uh, some questions now. Thank you to everyone who's written in. There are so many to read out. Um, I'm going to do this as quick as possible because, yeah, we don't all have this amount of time to listen to this podcast. I hopefully will get through all of these. So if I skip over some, you know, or maybe don't answer your questions fully, please forgive me, but I want to read everybody's thoughts out. All right, we're going to go to Facebook and I asked, are you pleased with this performance? I think I'm going to ask, ask you guys more questions every week about the game because we want to narrow in on some talking points. So Jay Cicluna says, very proud of the boys. Collingwood, uh, Collingwood would... <laughs> Collingwood would are premiership side. Um, Collingwood are a premiership side or will be premiers or will be very good. That's what Jay means to say. But thank you, Jay, for that. Jason Elliott, I'm pleased the result is not worse, but there's certain players that need to wake up. Spice are not up to it. McDonald disposes is poor. Mackay is a spud like his brother. How list clogger. Why was Curtis the sub? Idiotic. Should be on the ground to start. Very emotional there, just to touch on points. I thought McDonald was pretty good today. He was better in the last few weeks. Um, Mackay was bad. How list clogger, sort of. I think he's fine, but I don't want him on the team long term. Spicer is not up to it. And yeah, I agree with Paul Curtis' take. Jared Gilbert, uh, okay, not 50-plus umpires were terrible. Um, not 50-plus, comma, umpires were terrible. One side of the fair might make a compilation of all the missed frees to us, holding the ball dead as long as you're not playing for us. Uh, I agree with that. The, the umpiring was awful. Um, very, very biased towards Collingwood, but I do think once you're the best side, only the Tigers and the Pies are going to get those calls, though, because they're the darlings, aren't they? Um, Bryony Dudek? Yes, great effort most of the time. Yeah, that's short and sweet. That sums it up. Paolo Nicholas, yes, was expecting 10-plus goals, so 35 points is a win. I agree with that 100%. We have to set realistic expectation. James Duke. Went great first quarter, but way better second half. Mackay is mentally gone. Logue and Larky huge. I'll take that against the best side, though. Plenty of good signs. Absolutely, absolutely. Agree with that 100%. Stephen Dempster. Turnovers when the heat was on was the difference. Yeah, that's fair. Glad they fought it out to the end. Uh, Pies just too good, and hopefully soon enough we'll be playing like them. Absolutely. Stephen James, patches of horrendous and patches of brilliance. Looked like a massive blowout, but didn't drop their heads. Only outscored by 11 points after the goalless first quarter. Oh, really? I didn't know that. That's So we basically matched them for the rest of the game. That's an awesome stat, actually. Yeah, great effort. Justin Smith, good fight back. Could have been a blowout at one point. A five to six goal margin is about right for where both teams are at. It's good to see the fans having realistic expectation here and you know, understanding where we are. Brad Jamison was expecting a 100-point blowout, so much happier than I thought it would be. 
Um, only downsides were Makai's lack of effort the whole game and the fact we continue to preserve, uh, per- sorry, persevere with Spicer and Lazaro. I agree with that. When they clearly aren't um, and likely never will be AFL standard. Will Phil was great and once uh, we're full strength again, we should be well ahead of Powell for regular selection. Um, yeah, Powell was good. I thought Powell sort of playing off halfback was good today as well. So I don't think Powell should be, you know, like those guys will be over him in the midfield ranking, but definitely Powell will stay in the team. Luigi Stefan. Well, a coach would be a good start. <laughs> yes, very true. He'll be back. He'll be back. Jesse Stevenson. Great effort for three quarters, building some nice consistency. Ford looks great. The third quarter hurt. And I've got a feeling the Pies put the cue in the rack for the fourth. Yeah, true, but we've still got to do it, don't we? Um, but it gave the boys some confidence, which should roll into next week. Tubby Tanker, fantastic name. Yeah, I'll take that keep in mind. LDU, Thomas and Combin to come back. Uh, and Braden George to come in next year on the Braden train. Watch out. Uh, Glyn Lavender, regular commenter. You can only control the things you can control. Very wise. Collingwood are in the window. Absolutely. We're out buying <laughs> curtains. Um, all we can control is our efforts and working towards reducing errors. At one point, we were at 47 kicking efficiency. This is something we need to control. That first 35 to 40 minutes, kicking like that determined the game. Yeah, that's fair. Happy they stuck it out. Every game is a lesson. That's great insight, actually. Marcus Gatt, eh, kind of numb in it. Hello, Gabner. I watch every game and I can and I hope it'll pay off. Oh, yeah. Look, uh, in the end. Yes, Marcus, it'll pay off. The last couple of weeks have been promising. If we were getting blown out, we just just lost, you know, by 35 points to the best team in the league. And like that commenter said before, we only were outscored by 11 points in the last three quarters. So we're coming. Wardlaw will get us there. Oscar Loveday. What a great last name. I am a pleased. Uh, I am pleased with the performance. Winky face. Calm down, Oscar. Saucy boy. Eddie Ford snagging marks. Chase down tackle. Fifty a fifty meter bomb to advantage. Looks solid enough to be in the AFL. We have quite a few slight players. Will filling up on possessions. So many people want to ride him off. Oh, write him off. I assume people might want to ride him too. Uh, seems to be thriving given an opportunity now. Bring on the Logue two-step. Yes, absolutely. Good insight there from uh, from Mr. Loveday. That's a cool name. Joshua Racco. It's painful watching us win, win it from the centre bounce and get it forward only to not score or turn it over. Some very positive signs though. I'm hoping uh, the Kings comments after the Port game have kicked us into gear. Go Ruse. Yeah, true. Look, it's all experience, isn't it? It'll come with time, but we're a bunch of kids at the moment. Blen, uh, Blen, Glenn Boxshell. There is definitely a lot of pleasing signs to take from the game. First thing is our midfield is strong and we definitely have depth. Even without LDU, Cunners, our young mids just work well together and took it uh, to a far superior midfield in Collingwood. Absolutely agree. Larky is definitely a future common medalist. With good delivery, he will become elite. True, because he barely misses any goals. And that's the reason why he's got nowhere near as many opportunities as the other guys who are leading the Coleman, but his efficiency is off the charts. Um, it's a very long comment, so I might uh, have to get through them. So I won't read everything. I apologize, Glenn. Um, another thing that stands out 
is we now appear to be able to run out games. The fitness has definitely improved. Yes, yes, absolutely. Oh, Scott, I read it all. Um, all in all, we need to persist with these kids. We seem to be more competitive and better skilled uh, than when we were uh, where we were and we had uh, older guys showing the way. The future is definitely bright. Still need time to develop and a few more players to connect all the dots. Um, signs of becoming a top-out team in the next couple of years. Be patient, Ruse fans. No, I, I agree, and I think that sums up how we're all feeling. Paul Broadbent. It is a good sign. Uh, they seemed pleased with their win over, um, at the end of the day, last season's Wooden Spooners. Yeah, true. Uh, they can celebrate, though. They're doing well. Lou Cornelio. The boys are having a go, at least. Very true. Liam Lambert. We were never in it. Oh, yeah, true. But we didn't let it go and get out of control. We had a crack and you can't be unhappy with that. Let's give Tullamarine a good crack next week. Yes, yes, absolutely. Wilfu and Scotty were great. Ben Mackay has checked out. Uh, Benny Dale, that's from, sorry. Uh, yep, agree with that. Jason Rollard, great fight. North played the game out to the end. Aside from the start of the game and end of the third quarter, I think we outplayed a very polished and organised outfit in Collingwood. If we can bring... You know, if we can bring this sort of game uh, to mid to low table teams, we can win. We can win games for the rest of the year. Graham King says three quarters were good. First quarter was where we lost it. Means we should be able to win these sort of games soon. Even though I don't think Pies were ever in danger in this one. That's true. I think that's a good way to sum it up. Um, Aaron Giggins, very exciting for the future. They played with so much confidence towards the end. I think Spicer is done and Howe had his best game for us yet. Really happy with Elvis and Scott again. Mackay doesn't want to be here. Um, I don't know about that take on Howe. I th- he's fine. He's fine. Maybe I'm soured from his early performances in the year, but he was serviceable. I don't think he deserves to be dropped, but I don't think he's here long term. Um, Troy McGaffin. Definitely happy with that one. Now going into the Dons game with confidence. Future isn't looking that bad after all. Hopefully Clarko was kicking back, enjoying a few froths. Absolutely. Absolutely. I reckon Clarko's been happy. Maybe we'll be the ones to relax him. Jeez, that's terrifying. Alexander McNear. Not getting blown out after a poor first quarter is good. Any small positives like that is what we should be looking for. She's looks comfortable in any situation. We look to be trying... Uh, to be too cute coming out of the back line. Yeah, very true. Oh, this is the... <laughs> Giuliano Mataro? Mataro? Mato? Oh, this is the hardest name I've ever had to pronounce. I'm going to... Hang on. I'm going to give you a nickname right now. Big G. Every time you comment, because you comment every week and I love it, mate. I'm going to call you Big G from every week just because I struggle with your last name so much. And I did... Learn how to pronounce and I've already forgotten. But you're a regular commenter and <laughs> I appreciate it. So Big G says, happy as a pig in shit. Serious good signs. Few bad turnovers, but we are starting to gel. Ben, a.k.a. Harry, had a stinker. <laughs> if he leaves, then bye. If he stays, he will find form. Go room. I hope so. Max Beatty, Pretty good effort. Honestly, we dominated clearances and possessions at times. It's a good sign for things to come. And last comment on Facebook, Anthony Cullen, yes. But we have to acknowledge the unforced errors. If we're to move forward, we've got to do something about these kicks out of defense that are too short, too long, or even worse. Directly hit the chest of the opponents. Yes, there's things we need to address. But for me, um, this is what drives me nuts. 
No, I, I absolutely agree with that. Um, frustrating, but I do think it is because of, you know, just youth, just youth. All right, that's all the Facebook questions. What I'm going to do to break it up a little bit is we're going to go and do a little bit of a round review um, and have a look at the other games, and then I'm going to read the, uh, the Instagram comments out. So there's a lot of games uh, that sort of didn't go the way we thought. Friday night, Sydney, who we nearly knocked off, they beat the, the Blues by 26 points. And look, guys, West Coast fans are unhappy right now. We're, we're semi-happy but disappointed. We wanted to be better this season. At least we're not Blues fans, right? That is, they're not making the finals. They look atrocious. So I don't know where the Blues go from here. The Hawks beating the Saints is wild. I think the Hawks are more consistent than us. I think on our day, we're the better team out of the bottom three. But the Hawks sort of show up and do an 8 out of 10, 7 out of 10 every week. Um, Saints are weird. Are they dropping? Is it in their heads like every other year? Maybe. Another one, like the Ds. What's going on there? Fremantle. Are we better than the Ds? I guess we did lose by 90 points. But we beat Fremantle, we beat Melbourne. So I'll take it. And yeah, the, the Cats lost as well. This is wild. Uh, you know what? Until I've looked at this round, I think basically all the underdogs have won. The Cats beat the uh, the Cats lost to the Giants, which is fantastic. I love it when the Cats lose. It's good to see them losing. The Suns beat the Dogs. Uh, well, I mean, except the, the Eagles. Uh, <laughs> but we know what they do. Um, they got destroyed by the Bombers. Um, Port beat Richmond. The Tigers. I hate you guys. Thanks for not you know, helping our draft stocks. Um, and then the Crows beat the Lions. So the majority of the underdogs won. What a crazy round of football. And I haven't really noticed that until now. Wild. Um, Collingwood's still at the top. Port's now second on the ladder, which is gross. Um, D's and Lions both in the top four still. And then other than that, I mean, the Saints are still fifth and they look disappointing. The dogs are disappointing. It's such a weird year. I think there's like, maybe two or three good teams and the rest are kind of average. Um, West Coast still planted firmly at the bottom. We're second last. I would like to get over the Hawks. We're going to play the Hawks, the Tigers, the Giants still. So we could get wins there, but, you know, probably better to get a draft pick than finish like 14th this year, but play a morale as well, I guess. Um, all right, we're going to go to the Instagram and read out your your thoughts here. I'm, once again, there's so many of them. So if you're still sticking through this, um, you know, thank you so much. But we're going we're gonna to do these ones quickly. So apologies, guys. But I want to read all your thoughts out. Bailey Tyson underscore. Yes, 2021 North loses this game by 100. Fantastic response. And Suv, looking after your bet. Absolutely, Bailey. Yes. Thank you, Suv. Get me that free lunch. Uh, Coops. M14, very good fourth from the boys. Ford looks good. Max underscore BD23, a regular round here. In short, yes. Um, to my question I asked. SC underscore Mitch, no, never, never pleased with a loss. Oh, but proud of the effort and glad to see some green shoots. Not a bad attitude, but we've got to keep it realistic, don't we? Harvey underscore Sutherland, Eddie Ford, question mark. More like Eddie Ferrari. Eddie Ferrari can be his nickname, better than Elvis. Um, we lacked polish, otherwise very pleased. Blake underscore family underscore adventures. Yep, somewhat I am. Needed to be uh, better going into the Ford 50. The turnovers cost us all day. Remember the question I asked was, are you pleased with this performance? 
Brad.Edwards.7528. Absolutely. What a fight back. The 2022 North would have uh, capitulated and lost by 100. Absolutely. Uh, Liam Watto. Okay. Okay, 50-50 on that. Fourth quarter was fantastic, but not good enough in the first three quarters. We move. Good attitude. We do move. Um, I thought the second and third quarter, we were okay. The end of the third, we sort of let it go a little bit again. But yeah, yeah, I get you. Giddy's Tockman could have been worse. <laughs> yeah, very true. Arberk, eight. Yes, Daniel Howe needs to be torpedoed into the twos for good, though. I, I agree. I don't think he had a bad game, but he's just there's players we need to develop over him. Harley Harbner, Harbour, sorry. If only we converted. Yeah, true. We definitely need some small pressure forwards in mid-draft. I do agree with that. I actually need someone. Um, if you guys know anybody who knows a lot about the mid-season draft, can you please get them to message me? Because I would love to get someone on the podcast to do a mid-season draft preview. Um, Dave.i.m. Midfield was great. Turnovers and the decision again, an issue. We need more quality players like Lark, at Lark's feet. Yep. Absolutely echoing Harley's comments. Uh, Juzzy Street, awesome name. Wasn't bad, wasn't good. Yeah, true. Bryden underscore Isles, a regular comment around here. Bryden, I'm slow at getting back to your messages. I apologize, mate. Um, please, no. Content with the development? Yes. Okay, it's an all right way to look at it. Could have lost by 100 today, but kept uh, ourselves in it. Very, very true. Erin.an. Uh, but it was hard-fought game, and we showed glimpses of the future. I love G. Wardlaw. I also love him, so you'll have to compete for his heart with me. Oh, sorry, there's another comment here too. To be honest, I was nervous in the first half. It felt like a 10-plus goal blowout was on the way. That's from Aaron as well. Yeah, true. Ah, bar. Cool name as well. I told myself a five-goal margin was a win as long as it wasn't a 60-plus thrashing, so I say yes. And that was the exact same as my output. Or out, sorry, outlook as well. Um Anything under 40 against the Pies is a pretty good result, especially when we played like that in the game. Uh, Brody.D was a bit nervous in the third quarter, but we were looking to a blowout, but the boys did well. They did. They did steady the ship, and we've done that a few weeks in a row. Jordan Knight with a billion Gs. There's only two. I lied. Uh, mostly, yes. We showed a lot of heart, and the boys kept trying until the end. Holly uh, Hazeldine. Hazeldine? Yes, message me, Holly, and let me know if I pronounced that right. Yes, uh, such an enjoyable watch for, for me today. Enjoyable watch? Oh, I was kind of flat watching it, but in my heart I was happy. But, hey, I like your energy. Alex.Nancaro, not mad. Showed intent in fourth after shocking third. Young Guns showed glimpses of the future. S.Spiller, better than I expected. Would have been even better if we converted a few more goals, just lacked polish. Riley underscore Masterson 14. Absolutely. Performance like this on a more consistent basis will be rewarded. Yeah, very true. M.Deluxe. Deluxe. Um, most saying we'd lose by 80 plus. I'd take this uh, loss. Uh, in saying that, disposal and decision making terrible. Yeah, I do agree. Got to take the good with the bad. Um, Maddie Mill. Yes, very pleased. Lots to like from Ford, Phillips, Stevenson, Wardlaw, Sheasel, Bergman and Scott. Shout out to Bergman as well. Great point, Paul. Um, shout out to, not Paul, sorry, Matty. That's another guy. Um, Matty. Bergman was very, very good. He goes under the radar. It will be the Miller-Bergman club champ in a few years. You heard it here first. Um, Bassie Green 94 Stoked. 
Great intent all day, just like Polish. Loved W. Phil. Uh, Ford, Greenwood, Larky, Scott, and Logue. Um, Paul Petruccelli. I'm awful at the like Italian names, Italian style names. Sorry if you're not Italian. Um, Paul Petruccelli, I assume it is. Overall, pretty solid. Shout out, Scotty. Will Phil and Suve. Um, Zebul cost us four goals directly from turnovers. He did. He did, but he's had a brilliant year. Ben uh, underscore Ben Hunter underscore. Not bad. I need a lot more polish. Um, midfield going to be hard to beat very soon. I agree with that. Our midfield, midfield is looking fantastic. Um, Isabella Foster. Uh, could have been so much worse. It absolutely could have, but all credit to the team for, you know, keeping their nerve and, and steadying the ship. Heno underscore 1976. Yeah, pretty pleased. A few to come back like LDU, TT and Charlie and develop some polish. Very, very true. Um, Zane Tormi. I don't know how to feel about that one. I did feel like that after the game, but that was sort of like the Sydney one last week. There's way more positives than negatives. We played the best team in the league. 35 points, really only because of our first quarter. It'll come. Give us time, guys. Give it two two seasons down the line. I think we're going to be a pretty good team. James underscore Trotter 99. The last comment from Instagram. Bar a few things. Yes, very pleased. Bailey Scott has gone up a level this year. Absolutely he has. Um, it's good to see the young guys really taking charge now. So all credit to him for that. Um, well, thank you, guys. That's all the questions. Um, and, yeah, we've done the round review. That's basically the podcast. Thank you for all the questions. Um, hopefully it didn't go too long. And if you've stuck around listening to me read all your thoughts out, you're a real fan. I, I appreciate you so much. Um, please, guys, don't forget five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. I'll read your comments out and I'll, you know, say sweet things about you once I read your comment out. Um, but, yeah, five stars on Apple, please, guys. It helps get the show up in the ratings. It really, really does, like genuinely. Um, Spotify as well. Thank you to everyone who's given five stars there. You you can leave a comment um, there as well, and I'll read all those out. So I'll do that next week. And yeah, Instagram at uh, Further North Pod, Facebook Further North Podcast. Get around it. We'll be back with the preview podcast. Hopefully, a guest on the next week or so. We're moving in the right direction, guys. North is slowly, slowly getting there. So stay the course. Let's do this. And let's go and beat the old rival next week. Thank you so much for listening, guys. I really, really do appreciate it. Go Roos. See you in a few days. George Wardlaw for president. Thanks for listening to the Further North podcast. We'll be back next week with more great North chat. See you then, Roos fans.